Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, hey guys, welcome back here at the end of the year. We are counting the days to Christmas, but I don't want to let this year end without letting you hear from such a special guest that I'm here with today. I'm sitting down with Brock Heasley, and he's the writer and director of the brand new film from Angel Studios, The Shift. If you're listening, this is the week that it just opened. You probably have already seen it, but now you get to hear from behind the scenes, hear from the man himself. We're going to talk about this unique science fiction romance based on the book of Job and Brock's own story of faith, finding hope in grief, and staying true to your calling. So welcome, Brock. I am so honored and excited to have you here on the Make Life Matter podcast. Oh, thank you, Angela. Very, very, very happy to be here. So we're supposed to meet on- talk about this film? I, I know. And we were supposed to meet Friday, but I'm getting over being sick. You can still hear it in my voice. So now we get to talk about it after it's open. So what a feeling this is. Congratulations. This is your debut film. And talk a little bit about your yeah. feelings today after opening weekend. Well, it's, it is it is a heck of a time right now. I've been working on this thing, uh, this movie, for about eight years. And so it's very strange now to be on the other side of opening weekend and realizing, oh, my goodness, I don't actually have to work on this movie anymore. Mm. The movie is done. So there's a real feeling of accomplishment uh, for sure. But even more than that, I have been so um, just grateful and 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 blessed by the outpouring of messages from people who are seeing this film and are uh, having the experience with it that I hoped they would. Um, mm. So many messages from people who are talking about it being uh, a life-changing event for them, people who have renewed commitments to their to their relationships and to the people around them and wanting to you know do something better in the world contribute in the world in a more, more positive way which is just incredible anything that can inspire that um any anything that i have even had. um and, and honestly probably the primary goal because if you're not entertaining people then you might as well put your message out there in a different way you know you might as well preach a sermon in church so yeah. um so we're really excited by the response to the film. People who love it genuinely, genuinely love it. And they can't wait to tell everybody about it. Well, I got an advanced screening. So I got to watch it last week while I was recovering. And I was telling Brock earlier, like it stays with you. It's I still think about it throughout the day. And there's not a lot of yeah. movies you can say that about. I don't know if you knew it was going to have that kind of impact or what were you hoping for? And what are you grateful now that that's the thing that people are that's staying with them? No, that's exactly what I was hoping for. The movies that I love the most are the ones that stay with you. I mm -hmm. hate leaving a movie and then just, you know, turning to the person next to me and saying, what, what are you hungry for? Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, it, so, so much of entertainment is just there to entertain or just, you know, or, or to pacify and it just rolls off of us. And the things that, that I look back on that I'm the most fond of are the ones that I continually think about or mm -hmm. that I thought about long after I left the theater. So this movie having that kind of effect and you're not the first person to tell me that mm -hmm. pretty much everyone who has told talked to me about their experience with the film that is one of the first things they mention is man we were still talking about it or we had a 90 minute conversation afterwards you know yeah. and, or or we had an argument about it we both saw such different things uh i wanted to make a film that provoked a conversation that that would inspire conversations about the reality of god about the problem of suffering, 
about the communication gap that we sometimes have between mm. ourselves and those we love or those that we you know don't love so much in this world mm. Mm. um and those are the conversations people are having which is just fantastic yeah it that's a great way to say it it provokes conversation it, it's compelling it's unique it's such a unique approach to this it has a stellar cast by the way we're kind of skimming mm. over that but you'll recognize some of the names Christopher Palaha Liz Tabish which many of our listeners know as Mary Magdalene from The Chosen. Um, uh, his name is escaping me because I'm not feeling my best, but the character that plays Matthew, remind me. in the, the Patel. Yes, thank you so much. Um, just such a great cast. It's They're, they're con- uh, just compelling. They're um, c- just mesmerizing. There's moments that I'm just mesmerized on the screen with kind of um, the impact. And, and it's just such an interesting take. So tell us why you chose kind of, cause you wrote it as well. So as an author, a writer, this is always intriguing to me, but talk about how and eight years is a long time, Brock, to work on a project. So is, did you always start with this idea of kind of the science fiction um, multiverse? I don't want to give too much away about the film or, or did it evolve into that as you're working on it? So I, it started very much as as wanting to take science fiction, which is my favorite genre and which yeah. I love, hmm. um, and then wanting to talk about my faith through it, because my faith is very important to me as well. Hmm. Um, and I don't see a lot of examples of that type of storytelling out there. And I've always wondered why, because science fiction is such a great vehicle for yeah. talking about principles and ideas. And you think about Star Trek in the way that often Star Trek will address the social issues of the day, but they'll do it in this futuristic space setting with green aliens. And, 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 but really it's talking about something that's very relevant to what's going on with us, but, but we're all able to come to the table and enjoy it because it is not hitting things head on in a way that, that is off putting to those depending on their political ideology or anything like that. And so I just see science fiction as this great vehicle for, for talking about anything um, and why not faith. And, and I think also by doing a science fiction film, um, we are not proposing a new theology. You know, we're not, we're not presenting this movie as, Oh, this is how it really is. Obviously it's fictional, but through that fiction, we are able to get at truths and principles in, in, in a different way than we would if we were to do like a straight yeah. um, adaptation. You know, the, the shift is very much inspired by the book of Job. Mm-hmm. And I say inspired by because it's probably the most accurate way to describe it. If you're going in expecting a one-to-one adaptation, you know, with modern clothing, that is not what the shift is. But it's unmistakable what it's inspired by. And, and I think that kind of approach is a worthy one in order mm-hmm. to invite other people into the conversation in order to um, get at things in, in a different way that that can enlighten. I know that my my favorite stories, I, I take so many lessons from them and I take mm-hmm. so many ideas from them. And they're not just, you know, straight, just telling me like it is. It, it's yeah. coming at it from a new angle and new angles provoke new thoughts and new ideas. Yeah, that's so good. And it's a great opportunity to bring people to the film who maybe don't have a relationship with the Lord or they're not sure what they think. My dad and I wrote a book about the life of Thomas with, you know, obviously that's mm-hmm. not a fictional work, but the idea of digging a little deeper into our doubts and disappointments, our questions, and you're mm-hmm. addressing some some pretty heavy issues, death, tragedy, but in a way yeah. that can be discussed. And, and like you said, a way that can be received and compelling and inviting you into that conversation rather than so literal that it's rejected or so out there that it's not believable. It, it really strikes such an amazing 
um, intersection of all of the things that you're talking about. So let's talk a little bit about your own personal life, Brock, because I, I, my guess would be that your own journey of finding hope in tragedy, that theme is, is very present in this film, film, the theme Mm -hmm. of resurrection of hope, um, the beautiful necklace that Molly wears, um, that Mm -hmm. I know is available. People can wear that. Um, I've got mine in order, but it's not here yet, or I would have it on today. So talk a little bit about your own story and how this theme of hope and grief has been so front and center and so critical for you to share this message. Yeah. So the film very much, it does. It, it very much deals with kind of the darkness of life. These, mm-hmm. these things that we encounter that all of us at some point are going to encounter in which, you know, we just we go through a shift in life Mm -hmm. in which something happens that really, really takes us for a tumble. And for me, you know, the, the primary, the first time that in my life that something like that happened was when I was 12 years old and my father was shot in an armed robbery Mm -hmm. and he was shot 13 times Mm -hmm. and then he, and he lived. And, um, and what an incredible experience with that was. And at 12 years old, I couldn't totally process it, but I saw my father go through that experience. I saw him not become bitter. I saw him continue on with his life. I saw him not be angry at the men who shot him. Mm. Um, and, I, and, I, and I saw him continue forward in faith. And then eight years later, the exact same circumstance repeated itself. He was the victim of a second armed robbery, and this oh. time he was killed. Mm. Now, by this point, I'm, I'm 19 years old, and I, uh, I have I've gone through a lot of growing up. And I could understand the gravity of the situation much better. And as you can imagine, that night was a real dark night for me. That was a night in which darkness definitely felt like it was surrounding me. Mm. And I had this moment when I really considered what had happened. And I realized that two men had killed my father, which meant that two men had intended to take his life. It was not an accident. Mm. And I felt this anger swell up inside me, as I think any of us would. Yeah. Um, and as soon as that anger hit me, it, it immediately left. It was gone. It just, it was just wiped away and it was replaced by empathy and it was replaced by love. Hmm. Um, even love for the men who had just killed my father, men I did not know, but who I immediately, I immediately felt for. And the reason for that is, is because I had this realization that what they had done to my father was not as bad as what they had done to themselves. They had taken mm. his physical life, but what they had done to their souls, the sin that they had committed um, was far, far worse mm. because I've sinned. I've done things that are wrong and I know what that feels like. And it's the worst feeling, but I've never killed anybody. And whether they realized it that night, which they probably didn't, or they would realize it later, maybe not even until the next life, there would come some reckoning would happen, some understanding of what they had done would happen. Mm. And I realized that, you know, they're they're children of God just like I am. And and they they were born and they grew up not wanting to kill somebody, probably. Yeah. No, no yeah. child does. And so at some point things had just gone astray. And and what what a what a great sadness that mm. they had done this and they had done this to themselves. And and ever since that night, I have never, ever felt a moment of anger towards those wow. men. Not once. Wow. And it's been it's been almost three decades. And I have always felt forgiveness in my heart. I've, I've never not, I've been able to hang on to that. And um, to me, that was a moment in which I got a glimpse into the love that Christ must have for us. Mm. The love that he must have for us in order to do what he did for us and continues to do for us. Mm. And that's a light that entered my life that would have entered no other way wow. than through this incredible 
terrible experience. And so how can we not, how can I not look at that? How can we not look at something like that and say, well, my goodness, there's a purpose to this, isn't there? There's a purpose to our suffering. There's a purpose to the darkness that enters our lives. There's a purpose to these shifts that enter our life. And they actually serve the purpose of making us happier. Because I certainly have experienced a greater degree of happiness and empathy in my life because of that moment, because I've been able to, because I was able to see those men that way. It makes me see everybody differently. And I'm so grateful for that. And so the shift is, is a lot. It's about that. It's about this idea that, that these horrible things happen, but that doesn't mean that our life has to be worse. It actually means that there is greater hope and happiness to be found on the other side of it as, mm-hmm. as, as incredible and as, as counterintuitive as that may feel. Mm-hmm. Um, these horrible things can make our lives better. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing your story, Brock. And I think it's so, it just adds even more depth to, you know, I knew that about your, your, your personal story before I'd seen the film, but for someone who does not, I think it even just gives more perspective on the way you tell this story and uh, that's just supernatural grace that God has given you to be able to walk through this level of tragedy and to to know that God can still do something great through it. Um, and that's, I, I was thinking there's a moment in the film where, um, where the protagonist character really resists the benefactor. He, he bows his head in prayer. It's a really profound mm-hmm. moment. And as you were just sharing your story, Brock, I was reminded of the scripture in James that says, Submit yourself to the Lord and then resist the devil and he will, he will leave you. And mm-hmm. we like to kind of quote that last part. Well, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's true. We do have authority as believers, but I think we skip over that first part, submit yourself fully to the Lord. And what you described is a posture of submission saying, God, I don't understand why this happened. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't necessarily invite this shift into my life, but this is where we're at. And so I'm mm-hmm. going to choose now one of the most empowering choices we can make is to say, I'm going to choose to submit myself to the Lord and let him do in and through this, what he desires to do. And like you said, that light came into your life that maybe would not have come any other way. So if you're listening today and you're feeling discouraged, you know, the holidays can be great, but can also be a really um, dark, difficult time for a lot of people. And so I want to encourage you to, to sit with this film Go see it, sit with it, and to process maybe some of your own, maybe just some some spaces in your life that are not fully submitted. To say, Lord, you know, I'm I'm allowing you, I'm inviting you into these places where um, there have been things that have happened in my life that I may not have asked for or wanted, have been unwelcome, but yet God is the redeemer of all things, and when we submit ourselves to Him that's when that purpose comes that we may not have found any other way. So I really want um, you to just let us know how you want us to see the film, talk about paying it forward. Now that it's already out, what are the best approaches we can take to make sure as many people as possible go to see the shift? Yeah, well, look, it's all about word of mouth, right? Posters, billboards, these are the things that, that, that we do to try to get the word out. But there's nothing more powerful than people talking about the film. And thankfully, mm-hmm. this is a film that is provoking conversation. People, yeah. once they see it, they want to tell others about their experience. 
And so I would just encourage you, if you've seen the film, to, to go check it out. If you haven't seen the film, it's it's available everywhere. It's it's on about 2,500 screens across the U.S. and Canada right now. So it's somewhere near you. If you go to angel.com slash the shift, you can see where, where it is playing near you. And, you. and there's a link there to purchase tickets. And there's our trailer as well. Um, and yes, if you're somebody who um, maybe you can't really afford a movie ticket, uh, Angel Studios has a great pay it forward program. And if you go to angel.com slash share the shift, you can uh, claim free tickets. Or if you're somebody who wants to bless the life of somebody else and, and help them out, you can also pay it forward at angel.com slash share the shift. You can, you can do that there as well. Um, and, and it's just, it's a great way be, to get the movie out there because, mm-hmm. um, you know, because look, these movies, it's a movie, right? And, and, and you're supposed to be entertained, but, but these are the, these are the things that shape our culture. These are the yeah, things that, that, true. that really, you know, define, I mean, art, when we look back on history and we look back on uh, who we were as people, we look to our art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my hope is, is that an Angel Studios hope is, of course, is that, and, and their entire goal is to tell stories that amplify light. This is, these are the stories that, that this is how we want to tell the world who we are. This is how we want to tell history who we are. Yeah. Um, so we hope that people will support this film and, and give it a chance. It's very different and it's very new. Whatever you think it is, I promise you it's different than that. That's the thing <laughs> I hear from everybody. Everybody walking yeah. in this film is like, well, I didn't expect it to be that. It is a kind of a mashup of genres. It's it's an allegory. It's It's a romance. It's a thriller. It's sci-fi. It's a lot of different things. And in that way, it's actually the perfect movie for a family. Mm. Um, because it really is crossing generations and its appeal. Um, mothers and fathers are loving it just as much as teenagers. Maybe very small children won't, won't necessarily be able to hang with it. But other than that, um, it really is a film that is appealing to, to everyone in the family. And we've been so encouraged by the response from families on this. Yeah, it's so great. And it's so well done, Brock, honestly. I mean, we've all seen the Christian film that we're cringing because we're like, oh, but you know, this is not that. This is really, really well done from so many angles. It's well written. It's well shot. It's just a, it's a beautiful film. Besides, like you said, it's entertaining besides all of the, spiritual conversations surround it that we're so grateful for. And I have to ask, and I ask you one last question. I ask all my guests, but my yes. understanding is that you created a short film for $500 that had something to do with pizza. And somehow that's what this movie became. You, you have to tell us that little behind the scenes nugget. So, so the short film we made, uh, it made in 2015. So it was about, that was, that was kind of the beginning of this eight year journey. And it was something that was made that the $500, that was basically pizza money. That was, wow. that was how I fed the crew. I made it at a time in which I was just getting into the film industry after suffering a pretty big job loss and being out of work for over a year. And at that time, my wife and I, we didn't have anything. Mm. Um, I couldn't pay anybody. And I, and I really felt this story. I wanted to know if I could write and direct. Mm. And so I wanted to make this little short film about this guy who has this confrontation with the devil in a diner when the, the devil is basically, you know, interviewing him for a job mm. and it was called the shift. And so that $500 that I was able to scrape together in order to feed the crew who volunteered in the cast, well, it was actually food stamp money wow. because we didn't have any money and that was all we had. Wow. And, um, and from that little short film, that little sacrifice, which was, which was as much as we had at the time, mm-hmm. um, we were able to eventually turn that short film into the feature film that wow. that's out right now. Wow. That's a loaves and fishes story. If there is one, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. 
Thank you for sharing that. And maybe that'll just encourage somebody just give God what you have, start with what you have. You know, we see mm-hmm. some things like these big motion pictures and we feel like maybe our contribution is so small, but this is about making our lives matter. So our lives matter in yeah. a million small decisions that add up to a life that, that has mattered for the kingdom of God. So thank you, Brock, for all the many small decisions you've made along the way, your patience and endurance over eight years to see this film brought to the screen. And we just pray so much blessing over it, over your family and, and over the fruit that's going to remain because of it. So I'm going to pray over our listeners in just a second, but um, I'm going to put all those uh, links in the show notes, guys, of how to make sure you go get your tickets, pay it forward to someone else, make sure you take your family to see the shift uh, during this Christmas season. But Brock, one last question, other than Mm -hmm. Jesus, who in the Bible is the person that most inspires you to make your life matter? Well, the easy answer on this would be Job, yeah. <laughs> because this shift is inspired by the book of Job. But I'm going to go different on this. Uh, another person I have always, always felt uh, a closeness to, uh, even though their story is nothing like mine, is Joseph. Hmm. Um, Joseph, you know, what he endured, and I think the length of what he endured, the, his, his incredible ability to maintain faith in circumstances that were unimaginable you know, from being sold into slavery to, to, you know, being in prison for so long, and then finally rising to the highest office in the land for someone of of his heritage. Yeah. Um, this multi-year journey that made no sense, that mm. could not have been predicted, that ended up being a giant blessing mm. to him and to his family in a way that no one, that, that, that even, even his father, a prophet could not have predicted. Wow. Um, that is something that resonates with me because I really, and I think so much of Joseph's story tells us how God works in our lives that, yeah. that, you know, things that make no sense, things that seem unfair, um, they're for his purpose. And if we will just hold on to that, if we will just be patient mm-hmm. with him. And if we just hold on to faith, his purposes will be revealed. Yeah. Um, and I think Joseph is one of the most incredible examples of that. Mm, so good, Brock. I thought of him earlier when you were sharing about the story with your dad, that they meant they meant to do what they did. It immediately mm-hmm. made me think of Joseph when you said that. So I'm not surprised. And again, just an exclamation point on this life that you are submitting to the Lord to say, Hey, it's your purposes here. And we're just a small part of what he's doing, but it's, it's extraordinary when we surrender our life to God, what he's going to do with it. So thank you. And, and we just pray so much blessing over the film. I'm going to pray for us really quickly. Lord, we thank you so much for this conversation. I thank you for Brock and his family and this movie, this film, for Angel Studios, for all that have had a part in it, Lord. And I just pray for every person who walked through those theaters, God, that that you're going to have an encounter with them. I pray anyone who might be afraid of death, might be afraid of the difficulty they're going through, that they would they would know that you are present and that your presence is enough. And so we thank you for the endurance that brought this film to the screen. And we thank you for every person whose life is going to be changed because of it. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com. Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.